Welcome to Behind the Standards with United Rentals. This is the podcast where we discuss construction safety, typically trench excavation and confined space safety, but also other topics that deal with general job site safety as well. I am Rick Plosinski, Customer Training Specialist, and with me are Todd Hayes and Joe Wise. Todd, can you give us a brief introduction? Yeah, good afternoon, Rick. Good afternoon, Joe. Look forward to spending some time with you on this great subject. As Rick stated, I'm, I'm Todd Hayes. I'm the Regional Vice President for United Rentals Trench Safety. I've been part of this great company since 2002. I've been in the trench safety industry since 1996. And prior to that, I was in the concrete and masonry restoration business. I've got a degree in business administration from Bellevue University and uh, very passionate about the topic of employee safety, very passionate about the topic of, of excavation awareness or competent person training as it relates to to the trench shoring and uh, shielding industry as well. Thank you, Todd and Joe. And uh, yes, it's been a nice journey that I've had in this industry as well. I got a degree in business education at uh, Missouri Western State College here in St. Joseph, Missouri. I currently reside out of the office in Kansas City as the customer training manager across the region for trench safety. Uh, in my current role, I've been with uh, the United Rentals uh, for 16 years, started out in the field and working my way through various uh, leadership roles, but always had the uh, big focus in really educating workers and better serving them for productivity and safety on the job site. Thank you. So our conversation will hopefully be informative, educational, so we can help you avoid injuries and fatalities while on the job site and maybe maybe be just a little bit entertaining. Now, today we will be discussing a survey that was conducted to try to get to the root cause of why the number of trench collapse injuries and fatalities keeps climbing year after year. The Center for Construction Research and Training, also known as the CPWR, paired up with United Rentals to conduct a survey of folks in the excavation trade to find out more about the conditions that lead to these catastrophic events. Now, Joe, let's start with you. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about the CPWR. Yeah, Rick, they've actually dedicated themselves over the past 30 years as a nonprofit organization, really dedicated to reducing injuries and fatalities across construction, both nationally and internationally. So what led them to develop this survey? In the year 2016, there was quite a spike of, of injuries and fatalities that occurred in and around trenches. So with, with some grant uh, money, they, they pursued this study. So Joe, who took the survey? We had a good majority of them being the workers, the, the superintendents, the foremen. Uh, the laborers on the job, and those represented about 60% of those that responded to the survey. While at the same time, we also had a small segment, about 40%, that were of the safety and health professionals, uh, maybe a safety officer for a company, maybe even perhaps compliance officers that may have been in certain uh, classes when the surveys were collected. So we had a lot of boots on the ground people actually responding to the survey. There really were. And I'll remember the uh, the one first one that we kind of kicked off, if you will, was actually conducted in Chicago. And we happened to have about 150 workers at that particular expo it was. And, and we had Eric Jagir there as a guest speaker. And he obviously has brought together with our message of worker safety, that awareness of you know, don't don't make the same mistake I did. And and really trying to bring the awareness to 
it hits home. It's people's lives. It's it's families that are affected, and and all these things are preventable. So the, it really was a charge from the time of about February to May. Uh, in that course of time, we had um, about 411 different surveys that were collected from the United Rentals component. And CPWR also collected some surveys online as well uh, to collect uh, some of those numbers. But overall, most of the respondents were those who attended our competent person training classes across North America. So it was a really good sampling. I think overall, we got an 18% response rate, which uh, not knowing a whole lot about surveys, but understanding that's actually a pretty good response rate when you consider what we did. Yeah. Hey, Joe, you and I have been at this for quite a while, and I, I don't recall ever seeing that broad uh, of a sampling. It sounds like you had you had construction leaders, you had construction uh, professionals that are involved in the installation of underground pipe and underground uh, underground structures, and you also had enforcement, safety enforcement officials that, that respond to this survey, correct? Yes, and it really did make for some some good eye-opening information, both from the ones that are out there, like you say, in the in the field doing the work to those that are kind of helping to oversee and manage it from, you know, a safety and health management side. Yeah, I know I know our, our goal today is is to talk about, you know, what what we thought of the survey and, and what value it might have to the industry. But going back to one of Rick's earlier questions that that he had for you as far as, you know, you know, why did they do this? Um, I, I recall, very, you know, very much 2016 and unfortunately 17, 18 and 19, maybe slightly better. You know, we are here. We are, you know, 40 plus years uh, removed since the start of OSHA. And we're still seeing incidents that that are certainly um, there's a positive resolution. There's there's a solution that these things don't need to happen. And I know that's what we're going to talk about today. But uh, hopefully surveys like this um, that you were involved with, hopefully, you know, the presentation was first class and professional that from you and, and and the individual from OSHA, as well as the folks from CPWR. Hopefully this is going to be something that we'll take from this and learn from this as an industry. And Todd, you as a as a leader of not only of the Trend Safety Group, but as a safety leader yourself, I mean, how important and critical is it to get just a broad perspective from all of these different individuals, not just safety professionals, but people with, again, boots on the ground who are actually doing this work each and every day? Yeah, good question, Rick. It's, and that's probably why this, this, this topic is so passionate for us all. You know, you know, we're very focused on our employee safety. We, we put our employees in, in tasks that, um, are, are very safe if, if they use the right tools and they use the right training. Um, but we also know there's the human side and in times there's obstacles in the way. There's people's lives that maybe get in the way of their, their hazard awareness. And, and so certainly I understand what it is that our customers are going through and trying to create a safe, a safe workplace. And, and I guess what's unique for us is, is I have Joe leading our training department and, and gets to hear from the voice of the customer and he gets to talk to the owners, the executive leadership of, of some of our customers, as well as be involved in training, which you are as well, Rick, with, with the individuals that are in the field working. And it is a reminder to us of like, are we responding enough? Are we hearing enough from, from the field? Because we can sit back in our offices and assume that this is the right safety practice. This is the right tool. This is the right solution. But we're not in the shops and the yards and the yard and in, 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 in job sites every single day. And so it's great for us to be able to hear from the voice. If I had to be critical of myself, I'd say we probably don't do enough of it. But this session is kind of a reminder of that. 
Yeah, it really, it really does. I mean, thinking about just, just the fact that we can lead the horses to water, but we can't necessarily make them drink and, and we can give them all the training and all the tools and all the equipment that they need in order to do the job. But at the end of the day, if they are not executing that plan, the best laid plans are just that they're plans. They don't really do a whole lot of good to protect anybody out in the field. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of responsibility to really go around in this area. I mean, Todd, you, you mentioned uh, the various people involved in this survey, but on a broader scale, there's there's obviously the responsibilities of, of not just the worker, those doing the job whose you know, task it is to try to complete that and, and be safe, but the employers uh, of what they're trying to provide for their workers. And, and we look all the way from the owners for the project of whom it's being done and, and those who design it and, and the designers and the architects and, and what kind of, you know, work are they looking at from the aspect of, uh, you know, the probability of safety, what and how it can be done so that, uh, so they can be planned in a much better way. And I know we'll get into this a little bit more about what some of the findings are, but really that part of the project on planning was the really kind of stood out as one area that was really lacking in a lot of these possible projects where injuries or potential collapses occurred. So really, what were more of the more enlightening issues that were unearthed? Well, the one uh, thing that I felt really stood out, and we, you know, Eileen and I shared this in our first presentation of these findings at the National Safety Council at their conference in 2019 in San Diego, 20% said they never saw any type of protection. So, you know, that's sloping, benching, shielding, or shoring. And additionally, 50% say that only saw that type of protection of a sloping, benching, shielding, or shoring system 50% of the time. So, you know, the fact is, there's still a lot of non-compliance that we have to face and realizing that we need to select something and, and choose that method of protection to protect that worker. Didn't I recall that you shared with Rick and I um, prior to this that that the individuals that were in the field of construction or in, in supervision of in construction, all or most of them had, had attended a, an excavation awareness or competent person training class at some point in their careers? Yes, and, and, and as we, we found from the survey responses, most of those 89% of the, the actual surveyed responses came from individuals who actually attended a, our competent person class, which, which really, I think, from, from that perspective, they attended the class to recognize what training needed to be, right? We cover soils. We cover more than just the law. We get into protective system solutions, tabulated data. And it's interesting that the other finding that came from this is that they felt the lack of, of the right training for inspections and hazards. That actually accounted to 67% said that that was a lack of, uh, of the right training and tr around trench safety, uh, specifically for competent person training. Yeah, and that's just, I, I appreciate the conversation that you and I had. And I feel like you and your team, you, you've looked at this survey with a lot of humility and and you know what can we do to change you know the output that that the attendees are getting if if they're sitting through this class and they're grasping certain parts of the class that are very important but the solutions missed obviously that's a problem for us and i think we we'll, we and other organizations will continue to have to look at what what is how can we get to the point where it's one thing to understand the law it's another thing to understand how to classify a soils but if you walk away from a class 
and you don't understand the solution, you're really missing the, what the output should be. That's the one thing we want them to walk away from. Now, certainly soil testing and other parts of the standard are, are important, but not having a clear understanding of how to safely protect an employer yourself is a huge concern. Todd, I guess I would add that uh, talking about that training and the specific oversight of a competent person, I'd add that, you know, there was another finding with regard to the fact that only 4% of the time those who were surveyed said they always had a trained supervisor on their site trying to oversee some of these, obviously, these 12 general requirements that are taught in a competent person class. And so, you know, that's that's really alarming as well because there's a lot of new workers, uh, companies with, with younger employees perhaps facing this type of work who are certainly eager and skilled to do so, but maybe go in with that not of an understanding of just how hazardous their jobs are. So it's not always necessarily just you don't know what you don't know. There is also a certain amount of conscious lack of compliance to the OSHA standards that really comes into play as well. Absolutely. You know, another finding, I guess, Rick, that you're kind of hitting on there is the fact that, you know, of those surveyed uh, from the safety and health side of the responses, over 70% felt that there was a bit of an indifference. It, it won't happen on my watch, you know, and that um, I think that's that's true. And it sometimes people, uh, as we do these projects and as we're working in these situations, you definitely get in the situation, I, I suspect, where you might lose a little bit of that uh, respectful fear of the project and the work that you're doing. Um, and, and that's uh, definitely something I think we get complacent in some areas. Yeah, and, and I, I would say, and we see this internally with our employees, our welders, our drivers, our equipment associates, and I believe this about contractors, you know, working in underground utilities and underground structures. I don't, I don't think any employer wants to see their employees get hurt. I don't think any employee wants to show up and get hurt. So, you know, I, I feel like us and other organizations, United Rentals Competent Person Excavation Awareness Class, and, and, and many other organizations do a great job of trying to state what the hazards are. And where I guess I struggle a little bit is you can go too far with that. But then you have this the results of the survey that says there is some noncompliance. So do you show more hazards? Yeah. And, and Todd, I think something else that was um, this brought up in this besides the hazards, and I think I think that is the first good starting point, but it's really, you know, what what do we do for the right selection process to determine the right protection for that employee in the trench or the excavation? The fact that 67% of them felt that, you know, first of all, there was a lack of training. Another, another statistic that stood out was that many felt that they didn't understand the proper use of a protective system. As an example, maybe how to properly assemble and put together a trench box, how to install and remove the shoring properly. And those types of things are really critical when it comes to the you know training and education of that class. And so we really do need to look beyond just the hazards. So Todd, how much do you think culture plays a part in that? I think it, I think it plays a big part. And I've been with this company long enough, um, with United Rentals long enough to know that you know, that safety was something that we discussed. And then when it became an active caring piece or when it became ingrained into our culture, you know, we, we really started to live it and we weren't having to force it. So I think that's certainly, I think that's certainly part of it. And I, and again, I believe most organizations care, but is it a part of their culture? And, and, and certainly we all know that culture isn't 
what just the top level leadership say and ask. It's is it implemented at every layer of the organization. So I, I would agree it's got to be a big part of culture. Yeah, it's got to filter down, right? It really does start at the top, but it's got to filter down, and everybody Absolutely. has to have that. Everybody has to have that that sense of you know responsibility to promote that culture from the top down, bottom up, everywhere across the entire entire organization, right, Joe? Yes, no, absolutely. And I think that's, uh, you know, when we look at our competent person classes that we present and, you know, we, we find that there's a lot of uh, folks across many roles in the construction industry that attend. And I think that's important. Though companies that really have that culture embedded, I think they realize that, you know, it's important for the labor who's doing the work to be attending these classes. Uh, you know, whether or not they're going to be deemed a competent person, they still have that awareness of the hazard. And and they're another set of eyes to be that awareness of what potentially may be a hazard that they can, you know, have that stop work authority. And then also the owners and, and, and even uh, engineers or project managers who will attend these courses. I think it's it's really important to have that that knowledge across the organization. So what really were some of the key takeaways from the survey and all of the information that was brought to light? Yeah, so really the biggest uh, ones is that we, you know, realized that there was the lack of training, which I mentioned, the four contributing factors to trench collapses is 67% thought it was a lack of training. 66% said it was, you know, whether or not they stayed on schedule. Um, 58% had responded that it was that indifference, it won't happen to me. And, and then really this lack of knowledge piece of 52% was interesting as well. And keep in mind, the lack of knowledge piece was taken from folks who had just attended a competent person training class. So I don't know if perhaps in their past, they've had that type of uh, training that we dive into specific, more than just the law, more than just the hazard, but it's that conversation around tabulated data, proper use of the systems and the selection process that has to start with soils analysis. So, Todd, what do you think the impact on the construction industry, the trench safety industry will have with all of this information that essentially came to light? Well, the, the simple answer is I hope it drives, you know, safety improvement and, and, and less serious injuries and less deaths. I mean, that's obviously what we all want. And but I guess where I'm con where I get concerned, Rick, is is this enough? Um, and I say that when I look back at you know you know OSHA being formed in the early '70s, you know there have been what four or five special emphasis directly related to excavations and trenches. Um, I don't know if there's any other application within the construction industry or any other subpart of OSHA in in 1926 that where you've seen so much emphasis put on and so many additional resources put into really an application, which is under, working underground. And, and you continue to see too many deaths. You continue to see in some years, the numbers grow year over year. And I just don't, I, I'm not as well versed in the other areas or the other subparts, but I got to believe that's not what you're seeing in other applications. Like for example, fall protection. It's, it seems like what contractors and safety officials and, and the, the enforcement of arm of like OSHA it seems like what they've done to implement processes and minimum expectations or minimum requirements, I should say, it feels like it's had a positive impact. And it just feels like, you know, here in 2020 to still be talking about some of the things that we've been talking about and see the number of serious injuries and deaths. Um, hopefully it'll have a positive, a positive input impact. But my gut tells me that it's, it's not quite enough yet. 
So, Joe, what are your thoughts on ways to increase the awareness of these hazards associated with excavation work and standards? Well, it's it's. I know we've said this uh, throughout this so far, but it really it's training. But but I think beyond that, it has to be continuous, because obviously, the other thing I think that is um, the best practice in our industry, where companies who have that culture, as Todd had talked about earlier is is the the need to continually uh qualify that competent person to make sure they understand it you know the other thing that's important to know is that you know the solution side from manufacturers and the technology of shoring and shielding solutions have changed so belief that maybe the competent person certification is a one and done experience is is really a disservice to you know that employee uh, to be able to be as effective and productive as they can, and most importantly, safe. So it it needs to start with training, but it needs to be continually evolving, and it 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 requires you know a lot of different types of training applications. It may be something that's somewhat classroom led. It has to be hands on. It needs to be reviewing tab data, and and uh, then bringing on those newer folks that are coming into the industry to to make sure they can be shown the right process when it comes to mitigating hazards and risks on a trench or excavation site. Um, you spent a lot of time on on, on this survey and, and a lot of, and probably more time with the results than, than than time going into it. What are your thoughts? I mean, you're well connected to to other professionals in the industry that offer this kind of training, whether it be associations, whether it be enforcement officials. Have you given any thought to maybe what the curriculum would look like? Um, is you know, like as I read, you know, some of the results of of individuals that have recently completed a class, it seems like in some of the responses that. There was some. There was more retention on the soil classification, the general requirements, but maybe where they became lost or or didn't take away the information was the protective systems. Have you given thought to maybe what needs to change in our curriculum or others' curriculum? Is are these students reaching reaching a saturation point? Um, are we throwing too much at them? Any 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 things that maybe we need to look at a change in how we're delivering the training to our customers? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, and not every training out there is the same. And, and and you bring a point up that's, I think, necessary too, which is, you know, validating what the resource is for what training contractors may be seeking. Uh, specifically, I feel like we need to look at exploring, which we are, more of this virtual technology possibly to have that VR experience. Now, it's, it is shown that uh, it's not going to teach them everything, but it does help some of those lessons resonate as far as maybe hazard of recognition. So that new technology and being open to that concept to help improve or reinforce learned behavior can really be important. Secondly, I think we have to always include some component of the training that has to have hands-on. I mean, let's face it, these folks that are doing this kind of work out there, they're building the infrastructure of our country. They're working with their hands. So they have to really have that, that learned memory to be transformed and, and actually executed in the field, to put their hands on it, to, to understand how a particular shore should go into a trench, to understand you know, how they might hook up and make sure they have the proper retrieval system should they be working in a situation where they may require that. Uh, how do they use and operate the air monitors for that potential time they have to test for hazardous atmosphere? So, you know, it's it's important that I think we look at trying to make that learning experience something that can be a little more concise 
breaking down the most important components of how they can then transfer it to the field and actually execute it through inspections and through daily, you know, repetition. And I think we also have to keep in mind too that generational, as the as the older you know folks in the industry start to retire and they are replaced by some of the younger individuals coming up, that learning abilities and the methods that they learn were might be very different from what the generation that was before them or even two generations before them. Yeah, man. Let's face it, PowerPoint's not the best way for any kind of training to go. And, and we're talking about men and women who are out there doing this work, uh, working with their hands and to be sitting in a classroom, to not have that uh, other forms of engagement and ways to explore new ways to do it is, is really the best way to go. You know, times like these and what we're in today is kind of forced us to step back and, and realize that training at least uh, live instructor led through the web is better than an online type method of, of learning. And so we've we've had to transition this past year has been a challenge for sure. But, you know, it's given us an opportunity to step back also and recognize that, you know, some of this technology is good. How can we leverage it? And how can we better improve that class experience once we do get back into that normal operation and classroom facility training? Yeah, I, I think you certainly bring up a challenge that faces the construction industry beyond just safety or excavation and, and, and trench safety. Um, you know, the, the fact that you have a nation leaving the industry and those folks that have those those real life experiences that have put millions of linear feet of pipe in the ground and structures. We got to think about that because there's a com- on-site and job experience component that a younger contractor, a younger construction worker may leave our class. And then he goes and works for a superintendent that has had 30, 20, 30, 40 years in the industry. As those individuals leave, I think we need to take a look at our training and say, what if it's being replaced by someone fairly new to the industry as well? What can we do? I almost feel like there's a responsibility for us there on how we deliver that training because of, of that great generation that have built the infrastructure out and, and have really designed the industry the way it is. Let's face it, we certainly are concerned on trench safety, but We've got contractors out there doing some amazing things in some really tough environments, and we're just we're just trying to support a part of that. And you know that there is a real um, shortage of of skilled workers right now, right? So the contractors that have that culture that are recognizing one component, if you will, to their weapon of recruitment is is having the best of the safety training and elements that they can provide to to get the best of the craft into their organization. Maybe you could give us thoughts on ways that we can increase the awareness of the hazards associated with excavation work and standards. Maybe you guys have some additional thoughts beyond what we've just kind of discussed. Yeah. So, you know, I think um, beyond the training of what we're doing for the competent person class itself, uh, it's, it's actually taking part in toolbox talks, uh, as I said, I think the training and the education has to be continuous. It's breaking down maybe tabulated data. We talked a little bit about planning before a job. Maybe a crew is going to be working with that project and they're going to be using maybe for the first time some some excavation braces and, and something they've never used before. Let's Let's lean on the people like ourselves who can get out there. We can go through some right and wrong, how to handle the particular material and, and how to install it safely and remove it safely as well as follow those guidelines. 
whether they be laid out by manufacturer's tab data or maybe a site-specific plan. I think we also have to look at what are some new ways of, of doing this repetitive reminder of training. So, you know, obviously this is sort of a form we've just established this past year to try to help bring a message of safety on various topics uh, that hopefully reaches a contractor or safety officer uh, to, to give them some thinking about the particular topic we want to share. Uh, there's just a lot of information out there, and I think we just need to make sure that as we look at the time of what we want to invest in the employee and, and invest in our team to grow and be safe, uh, you know, we, let's, let's, uh, let's continue to explore those areas that maybe we haven't looked at yet. Yeah, and, and Rick, I would just add, um, you know, first of all, I, I, I don't think that we can show any more videos and take any more time away from the classroom training that we provide to drive home. I think we that's probably enough because at some point you have to get to the general requirements. You have to get to the rest of the law. You have to get to soil classifications and make sure that those students understand what's expected and how to perform it um, on site. But then finally, you got to make sure you spend enough time on the solution, um, which is kind of the what it all what it all leads up to. So I think Joe hit on some of it, but I'll, I'll add to it. I think I think Joe mentioned technology. I think is there a way for us to touch our customers and, and others that do this? They can touch their customers, or if they just provide safety training, uh, the attendees to their class. Can you continue that message out further? Can, um, you know, hopefully. You're looked at as a resource, you know, hopefully that there's conversations and questions coming back to us from a class. You know, that's what in an ideal world, that's what you would hope is, you know, these are customers of ours or customers of of, of somebody else that you're, you're leveraging that training you took as a resource and you can call them back and ask them for support. And I, and I look at it like how we provide training internally. We, we have a supervisor. They're very knowledgeable at the training, the safety expectations, the hazards, the standard operating procedures within those hazards, the proper PPE. They're almost as knowledgeable as, let's say, a welder. And so they need to take it because they're the leader. And every single welder needs to take that training as well because they're in harm's way. They're in the hazards. And the one thing that I see some of our great customers doing is they don't just have the competent person to attend the class. You have every pipe layer, every operator, and every person that's going to work in and around the trench, not so that they have a bunch of decision makers and nothing getting done, but OSHA requires that, that employees are that are going to be exposed to a hazard, understand those hazards. And I think when I think it's about some of our great customers, and, and there's more of them out there that do this than less, I believe, but I think that we need more of that. I think we need more of not just the competent person, there's too much going on on that job site. I think the pipe layers, I think the operators, um, I think that's that that that's one thing. And then, and I think what Joe just said as well is there's there's a lot more solutions provided today from our manufacturers than were in 1996. I'll say when I came into the industry, which is great. But if there's not knowledge on why, when, and how to use those things, it creates more more confusion on a job site. And and you know we we have customers remind us all the time. It is very very important that they or provide the right shielding for a trench, but that doesn't end the job for them. There is something being constructed within that excavation that's very important to them finishing that job safely and efficiently. And, you know, I think we, we recall that, but we have to provide some training on those additional solutions that are out there. This has been Behind the Standards with United Rentals. If you have any questions about this topic or have any suggestions about other topics that you may want to be discussed, feel free to send us an email to urtspodcast at ur.com. On behalf of Todd, Joe, and myself, thanks for listening. Have a great day and stay safe.